This is the Blaze Radio On Demand. Any home or business can quickly become infested with mold with the introduction of a water source like a roof or plumbing leak. When your home, your belongings, or your business becomes damaged, it's not just about cleaning up the mess. It's about reclaiming your life. And that's why you need to call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline. A licensed, fully insured, affordable, non-invasive solution to solving any water and mold problems. Our team of trained specialists are available with 24-7 emergency service. We will quickly evaluate your problem and give you a plan that will guarantee results. Water causes damage and mold can spread throughout your property in as little as 48 to 72 hours and can produce allergens and irritants that have the potential to cause serious health hazards. So don't waste time. Give us a call now. For any water or mold problems, call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline. Call 800-442-7043 today for a free estimate. That's 800-442-7043. 800-442-7043. Spreading freedom across the nation. This is the Buck Sexton Show. All right, Team Buck, welcome back to the Freedom Hut. Our friend Emily Zanotti joins us now. She is the political editor at Heat Street. She is E.M. Zanotti on Twitter. She got all kinds of fun stuff to tell us about. Hey, Emily, what's up? Not much. How's it going? Did you rock out for George Washington's birthday, also known by some plebs as President's Day? I had jury duty, so I did not wow. rock out. <laughs> Is it, in, in a way, duty. though, isn't that really a celebration of American civic life? It kind is. Of? It was an amazing celebration of sitting in a Can room I just with say, a lot of people. Yeah, I, I wanted to say that you're you're a little spoiled, Emily, because the last time I did jury duty, which this is reminding me, I'm like, are they looking for me? Oh, gosh. Uh, the last time I did jury duty was so long ago, there were no smartphones. If you wanted to entertain yourself, you had to have an old-fashioned book and maybe an iPod, but the kind that just had like a little belt clip on it, and you could just listen to music. Uh, so it was a very different time than now. I feel like people hang out. They watch movies. They can, uh, you know, on-demand on stuff with their Wi-Fi jury. Because they never, I was always the first person, maybe with one exception, excused from the jury pool. They were like, do you, do, you have a, do you have a positive view of law enforcement such that you'd have a hard time believing that law enforcement would lie if it were against a, convic- a previously convicted criminal? I was like, yes, I, I do like law enforcement. And I, and I probably wouldn't believe the previous. They were like, okay, next. They asked me if I had a positive view of the government. <laughs> Really? What did you say? I I was like, I report on them for a living, so I'm not really sure I could. I tried to be as nice as possible, but they still booted me. You got booted. So you didn't actually serve on a jury? I did not. No, I just uh, sat around in a room without Wi-Fi for about 12 hours. Yeah, that's what happens. But, you know, it also reminds you, you really don't ever, you really don't ever want to be judged by that jury you know you don't ever want to be oh, in that God, position because no. yeah you, I would never in, in the movies and, and on the television the the jury is is comprised of usually like wise older men and women who 
you know, right. are, are, are from everyday life, but they're very contemplative and thoughtful about. I feel like a lot of people that I've had experience around in my jury duty days, um, I would not want them making judgments over the freedom or lack thereof for any individual. But I digress. All right, let's get to some Heat Street stuff. Uh, All right. Fantasy Hillary beat Trump website lets Clinton fans pretend she won. This is just creepy. I don't even know what's going on here. Yeah. What is going on? So there's actually a website. It's called HillaryBeatsTrump.com. And if you refuse to believe that Donald Trump actually won in November, if you're part of the resistance, I guess, you can put this as your homepage and it will deliver you news every morning as though Hillary Clinton were president. So there's some stories on there like Hillary Clinton already in top three best presidents of all time. Donald Trump arrested for drug possession. it's, It's really a fantasy political website just in case you cannot handle reality. So this is fantasy fake news. I mean, CNN is going to lose market share here. Oh, yeah, no, this, is, this is serious fake news. It's above and beyond fake news. <laughs> it's so fun now that they don't pay me anymore. I get to just let it rip whenever I want. Uh, yeah, no, it, it is. It is above and beyond. It is. It is unabashed fake. It's not even fake news. That's upset that it's fake, or when you find out that it's fake. No, that's super weird. And this site is doing well. This site is doing very well. In fact, it's been bumped up. It's uh, got a new Twitter handle and a Facebook page, and people have put it as their homepage when they log into their computers in the morning. It's doing incredibly well for people who just cannot live, have to live in an alternate reality. You know, I, I know you've got another piece here on Heat Street. University of Washington writing guru declares American grammar racist. Uh, before we get into that, can I just point out that a woman was fired recently for correcting a student's spelling when he was mad about a spelling error that what was it the department of education website put out or that the school website put out and the yeah. student misspelled his correction of, of a spelling and she corrected his spelling and then they fired her so there yeah, seems to be a war on spelling that. and now there's a war on grammar do, do you know that story what happened with it I'm, I'm probably missing a detail or two yeah he tried to ask his school if school could be canceled and he kept spelling your Instead of you are, he was spelling it Y-O-U-R. And the school administrator just popped on and thought it was hilarious. And she's like, well, maybe you should be going to school because your is actually spelled Y-O-U apostrophe R-E. And that got her fired. The school said that that was uncalled for, that their business is not teaching students how to spell, apparently. And so she lost her job. Yeah, that, that is, that's a war on spelling. I'm going to go O'Reilly on this one. War on spelling. For reals. Okay, so sorry. American grammar is racist. Why is that the case? Right. So according to this professor at the University of Washington Tacoma Writing Center, so he's actually the head of the English program and does all of the work with students who are writing for a living. Any kind of grammar or rules about sentence construction or rules about how to write are automatically racist because if people who don't know those rules don't use them, they're less likely to get jobs, they're less likely to succeed in education. So obviously, if we enforce these stringent grammar rules on people who don't understand them, we are discriminating against a bunch of people. Ah, I see. This is like, Mm -hmm. this is a a recurring theme. You know, the S... The SAT is racist, people say. There's all kinds of things that are racist. Right. Yeah, and he actually says it's white supremacist. So now he says that actual grammar people are actual grammar Nazis. 
And he will give you a workshop if, in fact, you feel that you are a white supremacist and you're correcting other people's grammar. He will come to your town and he will give you a workshop on how to not be an actual grammar Nazi. Uh 30,000-foot question, Emily, stepping back for a second here from the specifics of these stories down in the current events, daily news cycle weeds. Is America getting crazier, or are we just more aware of the crazy because of the Internet and stuff? I feel like the craziest have all gotten Twitter, and that's how we know about it now. <laughs> I, I guess that, that, it's we sort of self-selection, right? You've crazy. got the social, me- social media yeah. platforms. The more, and I don't mean crazy as in actually clinically crazy. I just mean the the, the wackier people's ideas are, and the more in, in the more out there stuff they say, the more tension they get. And so it feels like there are so many people who believe. I don't know if you saw last night. We're going to play it later on the show. Uh, Tucker Carlson had on a woman who was saying oh, yeah. not that Trump and Pence were were Hitler or at Hitler level, because obviously that's not that's not fair. Right. They're worse than Hitler because they have nukes. Right. Yes. This is something that an adult, a sentient being and an adult was saying. What? It, apparently she'd been on before. Like, this isn't the first time. She's grown up crazy. <laughs> wow. That is that is a whole next level. Oh, uh, Stockholm Syndrome, by the way. Let's talk about this for a second. I hit this last night on the night show. Uh, Stockholm Syndrome riot hit Swedish migrant community after drug arrest. What happened here? Yeah, so uh, Stockholm, Sweden actually happens to be one of the most segregated migrant communities in Europe. And a lot of their illegal, Im- or not illegal immigrants, but their immigrants that have come from Syria and other places in the Middle East are stuck in what amounts to a ghetto, essentially. And so on Tuesday night, one of these ghettos actually exploded, literally exploded. There were uh, riots, there was flame, there were cops being hit by rocks and bricks, because the Police officers went into the ghetto to arrest a single person on a drug charge, and everything just went crazy. So it's it's a bizarre situation, but strangely well-timed, because Donald Trump had talked about last week that Sweden was dealing with an immigrant crisis, that they were dealing with an uh, uptick in crime. And here, right on Tuesday night, we have an example of how the Europeans handling this immigration crisis, it's not exactly working. Uh, have you ever been to Sweden? I have never been to Sweden. Sweden is an interesting place, and I think that it's it's fascinating because people start to – there's the perception that the world has of Sweden. And then, first of all, I was there in wintertime, so Stockholm uh-huh. in, like, January is not a place you want to be, period, full stop. Uh, no matter what the locals look like and everything else, because because some of that's because some of the the happy rumors some of the happy rumors are true, um, but it's also a place where they have the, the it's very orderly and it is very clean it is very safe all those things are true but when it comes to the migrant community what people are finding out is there's also a a, a, a I don't know if you call it a a benevolent totalitarian streak that's not right but that there is a, a totalitarian streak. In Swedish society, you know, you're not allowed to say certain stuff uh, and, and they'll even arrest you for it. And this is this exists in other European countries, too. And the migrant issue, I think it's interesting to watch this play out because you've got all these. Uh, and I think also, but why do we use the term? I want to ask you this question before I even go on with my little Sweden, uh, my little Sweden digression here. Uh, why do we call them migrants instead of just immigrants? I think isn't that it? whenever we talk about European immigrants, Muslim immigrants primarily right. into European states, where it's always reported on as migrants. Do you have a theory on this? My theory is that 
we don't want that the people don't want the comparison to be as explicit as it would be if we were talking about immigration problems in Europe. So we're always told that they're migrant right. problems. No, these are immigrants. These are immigrants. They come from Syria. They come from further down in the Middle East. They come through Greece for the most part. And they generally do refer to them as migrants, I think, because the word immigrant has negative connotations, perhaps. There's lots of immigrant problems in the European Union. But migrant seems to refer to a very specific group of people, almost as though they don't want you to think about this group of people right off the bat as being negative or having a negative connotation associated with them. Yeah, I, I I think your analysis on that about the connotation is is definitely correct. And by the way, I, I you know there's no from what I understand there's no real answer here. It just seems to be yeah. something that has happened and we all accept. But also migrants to me tends to evoke a more well the movement of people even before there were nation states. So this is the natural order mm-hmm. of things that people migrate from one you know uh, you know uh, pe- people migrate from one place to another. You know, birds migrate south for the winter. People will migrate for work. This is natural. This is what this is what people do, right? That that the movement of people right. and population is just the natural order of things. I think that's what because otherwise it just seems to me me to be bizarre because you keep hearing about the migrant problem in Europe, and I'm like, oh, you mean the the immigration problem, the the immigration immigrants that are coming into Europe from other places? There's no there is no difference between people from name a country, Libya, showing up in Italy. And the issues that that's causing and the the legal, I mean, no difference in terms of terminology that we should use. And somebody from Libya who wants to come to the United States, that's still an immigrant or a refugee problem. It's no different because we call them migrants. I just think it's weird. It is weird. Yeah. And it also suggests a permanency. So a migrant seems to just be someone who's picking up and leaving and then going to the next state and leaving there for a little while and then picking up and leaving. So we have this movement of people that's happening and it's all natural and it, it's really not. It's pushed by the people who are actually immigrating from country to country. And I think it's also fascinating to watch the uh, the ecosystem of immigration playing out in Europe versus what it's like here in, in America, where it's especially when we talk about countries like Sweden and Denmark, uh, 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 Amsterdam. I mean, well, Amsterdam's not a country. The Netherlands. Uh, when you look <laughs> at those different countries, though, and you see how the immigrant issue, the immigrant question is always, you always have to put it in the context of, this is a much smaller place, right? So when Sweden brings in a couple of hundred thousand uh, refugees a year, and refugees being distinct from immigrants in the sense that they are fleeing some sort of violence or persecution, and so it's really for humanitarian reasons, not for these people are going to hit the ground running and contribute to the economy reasons, which is usually what people try to do, or countries try to do with their immigration policies, but Sweden has like 15, 12 or 15 million people, I think, in the whole country. So it would be like yeah. every year uh, the, the greater in the greater New York City area, you were piling a couple hundred thousand people in from disparate uh, cultures and they need a lot of help. And there are problems that come from this. There's 190,000 people who have entered Sweden in the last five years. So the uptick in violence has been very clear just because of the number of people. So, I mean, that's 200,000. That's almost, you know, a huge chunk of their population. So it is interesting to see how the country is responding even just to Donald Trump and saying, oh, no, there's no problem. Well, when you absorb 190,000 people at any given time, there's going to be problems. 
Sweden has a population, just to so I could be clear with everybody, of, of around 10 million. I think I said 12. So, yeah, it's about okay. that. Uh, and no, that was that's on me. I'm just saying I like, I like to keep it real and keep it accurate up in the Freedom Hut, Emily. Uh, but uh, it is also interesting to watch how Americans are very interested in, in immigration issues with Sweden, with Germany, with these other countries. Because and, and the reason we're also interested, and everyone knows this, but people don't seem in the media to want to talk about it, is we're like, okay, well, that's happening there. Why are we not supposed to take any lessons from that for how we do things right. here? I think that I think that many journalists think that that connection is problematic. And so while they report on this stuff, usually they can report on international affairs however they want. And a lot of Americans don't really care all that much unless it involves, you know, the troops, military, national security, terrorism. Uh, but immigration in Europe. Oh, no. People pay attention to this. So uh, keep writing about it on Heat Street. All right. We, we got a deal. We'll do. Yes, oh, absolutely. Fantastic. Heatstreet.com is the place to go. Emily Zanotti is their political editor. If you want to tell her some things, send her tips, or just tell her how much she is an awesome addition to the Team Buck family, you write her at emzanotti uh, on Twitter, right? Good place to go. That's perfect. All right. High five, Emily. Thanks for calling in. We'll have you back soon. All right. Sounds good. All right, team. We'll be right back. The Buck Sexton Show. Discover more at theblaze.com slash radio. The Blaze Radio Network. Any home or business can quickly become infested with mold with the introduction of a water source like a roof or plumbing leak. When your home, your belongings, or your business becomes damaged, it's not just about cleaning up the mess, it's about reclaiming your life. And that's why you need to call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline, a licensed, fully insured, affordable, non-invasive solution to solving any water and mold problems. Our team of trained specialists are available with 24-7 emergency service. We will quickly evaluate your problem and give you a plan that will guarantee results. Water causes damage and mold can spread throughout your property in as little as 48 to 72 hours and can produce allergens and irritants that have the potential to cause serious health hazards. So don't waste time. Give us a call now. For any water or mold problems, call the Water and Mold Removal Hotline. Call 800-442-7043 today for a free estimate. That's 800-442-7043. 800-442-7043. You are listening to the Buck Sexton Show. So, Spicy Spicer, I think he should embrace the nickname. I, I heard Trump said he shouldn't, but I disagree with that guidance. Although, I, I suppose it's not up to me. I'm not technically the commander-in-chief or the leader of the free world. Boo-hoo. Uh, but Spicer addressed the issue of mass deportations, and here is what he said. Play it, please. Is one of the goals here mass deportation? No. Not at all. This isn't, look, I, I think... What we have to get back to is understanding a couple things. There's a law in place that says, you know, if you're in this country illegally, um, that we have an obligation to make sure that the people who are in this na- in our country are here legally. What the order sets out today is ensures that the million or so people that have been adjudicated already, uh, that there's a uh, that ICE prioritizes, creates a system of prioritization, and make sure that that we walk through that system in a way that protects this country. This is consistent with everything the president has talked about, which is prioritizing uh, the people who are here who represent a threat to public safety or have a criminal record. Uh, and all this does is lay out the exact procedures to make sure that the, that, that subgroup of people who pose a threat to our nation because of a conviction or a violation 
uh, public safety or have a criminal record are adjudicated first and foremost. That That's it, plain and simple. So that's what the administration is saying. Of course, a lot of people seem to not uh, believe what they are saying. Um, a lot of people seem to think that the administration is preparing to surprise them with some massive uh, series of deportations out of the country. But that is not, even if the end goal here of the Trump administration is to reach a point where they have deported a lot of people who are here illegally out of the country, the way to do it is a step-by-step, you know, slowly turn up the heat process, I think. Um, do many different things at once and fix all the broken parts of the system. I was advocating for the step-by-step approach back when Romney was running for the presidency. And I think many other conservatives see it this way as well. Don't don't make any huge sweeping, you know, don't pretend this is a massive change. And they're not. They're just saying we're going to enforce the law and they're going to change the environment. And as they begin to change the environment, I believe they'll change perceptions. Here is what the Trump administration, I think, realizes about what it's going to do on immigration. They need to show results and they need to continue to have uh, political support from the American people for this. So those two things have to move simultaneously. So as they show results, there will be even more political support. As they show seriousness about the issue, they will have greater latitude to deal with other issues. And I see this as working out very well. Uh, I really do for the country, for the American people. So I am uh, hopeful on this on this score. Uh, 888-900-3393, team, if you want to call in. Don't forget, go to iTunes and type in Buck Sexton with America Now. You can download that show and please subscribe. If you're on iTunes, subscribing is the best way to go, the best thing you can do. So please do subscribe. And uh, team, we'll be back in just a few minutes. The Buck Sexton Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Hey, team, welcome back to the Freedom Hut. Great to have you, as always. I, I, I'm a little jealous of that Tucker gets to have the craziest leftists on his TV show night in and night out, and and he gets to, to spar with them. I, I would love it. I really wish that I could get some loony lefties to come, and, and even just on radio. I don't have a TV show these days, uh, but even on radio, to just give me the opportunity to go toe-to-toe with their most insane criticisms, uh, I think it would be well well worth it, uh, well worth it to be sure. And I, I never really get that. I'm, I'm hoping with the new show, uh, which by the way is on iTunes, everybody get excited, American Now, Buck Saxon with American Now, the uh, syndicated show at night. Is available on iTunes. You go into Bucks, go into iTunes, type in Buck Sexton. Please subscribe. All of you who subscribe to this show, I, I'm asking you as uh, as a Team Buck person, as somebody who I cannot thank enough, and uh, I'm deeply appreciative of each one of you that listens to this show. Uh, but I would love it if you would please subscribe to 
uh, Buck Sexton with America Now. Just go on iTunes and type in Buck Sexton and you click subscribe and you will be good to go. And that way, if you're not available 6 to 9 Eastern to listen, you'll have the show waiting for you whenever you want to, uh, whenever you want to do it. And I've got fantastic guests lined up for tonight. It's going to be a really, really good show. So it's going to be huge. I'm just kidding. Well, I mean, it is going to be huge, but not huge with a Y. So uh, I would, it would be great if you tune in. I'm very excited we're on iTunes now because that makes the uh, podcast listening much easier. So again, Buck Sexton with America Now is on iTunes. Uh, log in iTunes, check it out. And it will be on other platforms as well as, of course, iHeart. Uh, but it'll be on other platforms uh, soon. So uh, with all that said, last night you get Tucker squaring off with a woman who is saying something that I know it's going to sound a little crazy to you. And I, I understand because it is crazy. I understand why you would feel that way. Um, but keep in mind that there are serious journalists, at least so-called serious journalists out there, who in fact are um, are pushing this theory, are uh, of the belief that uh, Trump is a fascist, that he's an, a Nazi. And anybody who has even a passing familiarity with the Second World War and with the rise of Nazi Germany and, of course, with the atrocities committed during the, uh, during the Third Reich, uh, anybody who is aware of that would be, I think, uh, offended and, and rightfully so. And not that I, I like people going and taking offense, but when you start invoking World War II and you're, you're really dem- demeaning World War II, uh, when you start doing all of that, what you find out very quickly is is that your argument should not be taken seriously. Your argument cannot be taken seriously. And I just have to say that, for me at least, you know, this is now something that you'll hear from a whole lot of people all over, all over the uh, journalist sphere, that they'll make these comparisons to Nazi Germany and they think that they're being clever in this process by doing so. And it's just, or or they're being, forget clever, they're, they're being morally courageous, which is just insane. Um, but I want to play for you, Tucker, but you're hearing this, I, this is from Rolling Stone's Matt Taibbi, this is all over the place. Uh, the, this is, this is Hitler-like, this is Hitler-like. Uh, it's not Hitler-like at all, but people just say this because it makes them feel good to stand up against the Trump administration. And Tucker has Sansara Taylor from the group Refuse Fascism on her show, and it is a remarkable exchange. Let's Wake get up. to because it. Because he is more... They describe it as illegitimate, a cabal of, quote, white supremacists, women haters, science deniers, religious fundamentalist zealots, and warmongers who will eventually start a nuclear war. We're joined now by Sinsara Taylor. She's an organizer with Refuse Fascism. Sinsara, joining us. So I was reading your... Um, your manifesto tonight, and, and you said this, the Trump regime is a fascist regime, no insults or exaggeration, that's what it is. For the future of humanity and the planet, we the people must drive this regime out. So I'm assuming you're not a, a moderate, necessarily, but the obvious question arises, which is, if it's a fascist regime, how are you on the show? Look, Donald, we're facing... I just, I just want to jump in here for a second, because I didn't get the chance to uh, debate this woman, and uh, I am... I'm envious of the uh, battles with loony lefties that others get to have because they're just they're willing to go on air and look foolish against a conservative host just because they're so they're so desperate for the exposure, I suppose. Uh, But this whole idea that Trump is a fascist and that Trump is destroying the First Amendment 
if Trump were really a fascist destroying the First Amendment, it would be an act of courage to go out publicly and say that he is uh, terrible and a fascist and all these other things. But everyone says this all the time with no consequence whatsoever. The major newsrooms and major newspapers across the country are all basically in agreement here. And yet people stand up and say, well, I'm a brave, I'm a hero. Trump is a fascist. He's shutting down the First Amendment. If he's shutting down the First Amendment, he's pretty bad at it, considering that now most of the people that I know on on Facebook who write about politics, people that I know in private life, not professionally, they're all just, they they have to one-up each other on how terrified of Trump they are. They have to constantly be reinforcing the narrative that Trump is the most horrific and terrifying human being ever. And when they when they have to get to the specifics of it, it's always based on his rhetoric. It's not what he has done. What has he done that's so bad? I, I want to ask these people who think that Trump is the Antichrist, and, and I really do believe some of them have gone to that place with at least their rhetoric if they don't believe it in their hearts because they're trying to get attention for themselves. I, I really would like to know uh, what what has happened in their day-to-day life that has brought them to this point where they think that they have to say the most terrible things imaginable about Donald Trump. I'm just curious. I think it would be worth it for uh, all of us to hear from them. Where are these atrocities? I mean, you're going to make Hitler compare. Remember, they're not even making Mussolini comparisons, which, you know, Mussolini's political style, you can get into the strong man, the trains run on time, the the involvement in industry and the cronyism and there's a lot of Mussolini fascism that and of course there's a much darker side to it and he joined the they joined the, uh, as an ally of the Nazi regime uh, but I'm just saying at least with Mussolini you're not you're not going Hitler right away but the left with Trump is going Hitler and I should also point out people who did not like Obama including a majority of those who were on the fringe of the right who did not like Obama uh, they were not pretending that Obama was Hitler. They maybe thought Obama wasn't born in this country and any number of other problematic and false ideas, but they didn't think he was Hitler, at least not that I recall. And there certainly weren't people willing to go on TV. You know, this is easy. Pr- prove me wrong if I'm wrong with this. Show me a clip of somebody on a major television broadcast who is saying that Barack Obama, in the first month of his presidency, is Hitler. Nobody was saying that. So this isn't normal. There's no comparison being made between left and right on this. But while on the one hand, the left complains about normalizing Trump. Oh, don't normalize Trump. The truth is that the left has gone in the far opposite direction of making Trump almost some sort of uh, of extraterrestrial being of hate. I mean, he, he's beyond this earth with his evil. And I always want to ask, well, this is a guy who's a who's a billionaire from New York City who obviously has a fondness for uh, attractive women and loves his family and likes fancy cars and flying around in airplanes. And I just, I, and likes being on TV. He likes to be liked. Obviously the position that he's taken now has involved a lot of hate for him too, but as Hitler, really Hitler, Wow. Okay. But fascism, that's what they're saying. I want to continue with a little more of this. This is a very amusing interview between uh, Tucker and Sansara 
Taylor from Refuse Fascism last night on Fox. Emergency. Humanity yeah. is facing an emergency. A fascist regime has seized the reins of power in the most powerful, actually the sole superpower in the world. The Trump and Pence are operating out of Hitler's playbook. Only they have nuclear weapons. And what RefuseFascism.org is saying to the world is that while it's beautiful... Wait, it's hold, hold on, hold on one second. Trump and Pence are operating at Hitler, Hitler's playbook, but they have nuclear weapons. That's That suggestion she makes there is that this is new. Let's just let's just all mark the calendar. Today is the first day I've heard this. Trump and Pence are therefore more dangerous than Hitler. Oh, wow. And now this isn't some woman that they found, you know, in, in the park with broken vials near her and they, you know, they cleaned her up and put her on TV. I mean, this is somebody who is well-spoken. Uh, this is somebody who is a leader of some group. I'm sure the group has probably three or four members, but she's she's articulate, certainly articulate enough, and she's on TV saying that Trump is worse than Hitler. Okay, let's keep going with this. Righteous that millions of people have stood up in protest and continue to do so. And by the way, since I know he sometimes watches, President Trump, if you're watching, way more people have protested than were at your Nazi inauguration. But while this is beautiful, this resistance needs to grow, and people need to confront that this is a fascist regime. They could drop the hammer and close down. It's working aggressively to close down the space for people to stand up and resist. And so in the name of humanity... Seven billion on this planet. We need to pour into the streets and say, no, we refuse to accept the fascist America. We refuse to accept this for the world. And we must drive them out. We need to stay it, in the streets. I mean, so ah, there it is. The piece de la resistance. Get her a show on MSNBC, everybody. She'd fit right in. She'd be. I, I think she's actually auditioning for a show on MSNBC. This is why it's so hard for people to take the press seriously, because so many of these different media outlets, not, I'm not you know, obviously Fox is on the other side of this equation, but so many of these media outlets like to hold on to their journalistic credentials and their sense that they are uh, more informed and, quite honestly, their, their opinions mean more than other people's, not just because they have greater reach, but because they're just better people. They're more important. But they also want to be political activists, and that's what you see across much of the media, most of the 90% plus of the media. And you have this woman, and she'd fit right in over at MSNBC. I want to, you can hear a little bit of Tucker's uh, rejoinder here. And you can look at, see the look on his face if you go back and check out the clip. It's up on uh, Mediaite. And you can tell he's, he's, there's a part of him that's just like, you, you got to be, this lady's wacko bird land. This is crazy. So many questions come to mind, but the obvious one is this. I always thought that the day... Somebody got up, a Republican, and said, you know what, we got to focus on jobs, no more pointless wars in the Middle East, and by the way, I'm a secular guy. They would say, you know, it's kind of my kind of Republican. You um, know, I mean, a man who this is a very important point. I've been making it too. Trump is not supposed to be so scary to the left. He shouldn't be. He's not conservative. He's not ideological. I mean, if they were up late at night in a cold sweat because of a President Ted Cruz, I'd kind of understand that. Because uh, I don't think that Cruz had any intention of wavering, and I think that Ted Cruz really believed uh, really believed in the positions that he was pushing for. I think that stylistically, I have some problems with Cruz, but that's just my political commentary criticism. Um, but I, I do think he believes what he stands for, and it's a question of how he presents himself that I think was sometimes less than effective. Uh, but. Trump is, as I was saying before, with the fast cars and planes and, you know, supermodels. This is the guy the Democrats are so terrified of. A, a guy who already has 
seemingly modified his position a little bit on immigration by saying that dreamers are not going to be deported. So he's that, that's a concession to the other side. I, I think it's an understandable one. Uh, I know some people in the Republican Party, a lot of people in the Republican base uh, oppose it, but that's conciliatory. That's not the act of a strong man. Um, and look, he, he has criticized the courts, but shouldn't it be noted that he has abided by the court's decision and they're now coming out with a new executive order? So he has, in every way that is meaningful, he has... Uh, gone gone ahead and recognized the legitimacy of the court and yet we're always told that somehow he's you know he's hitler he's terrible here's more campaigned and said i long for the days when protesters were dragged out on stretchers who offered to pay the bills of people who assaulted protesters at his rally donald trump is a fascist that's okay. out of hitler's playbook this well, is so- this is a danger to humanity, okay, so and yes, it's in its early that, stages, but people okay. need to rise up and stop. Very important point coming here. Late. Okay, so but uh, I want to get to that. Rise up and stop it. So I'm assuming. I mean, you're not serious. I mean, this is like play acting for you. If you really thought he was Hitler, you really believed that he was acting according to, as you said, the playbook of Hitler, then you wouldn't stop with going on a cable show. I mean, you'd go all the way, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you? A question she doesn't want to answer. All this Hitler stuff is just the childishness of the progressive left coming out, and it's important for us to see it. All right, team, got to hit a break. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Buck Sexton Show on the Blaze Radio Network. All right, team, I went a bit long in that last segment, so we're going to have a quick one here today. I just want to tell you that I will be on uh, Fox Business right at the top of the next hour, so 2.07 Eastern Time. I'm also going to be on Kennedy tonight in the 8 p.m. hour, also on Fox Business, so check me out there. Please subscribe to America Now, uh, Buck Sexton with America Now on iTunes. You can check it out there. Obviously, download today's show here on the Blaze Radio, and you can listen to me on the Blaze Radio stream from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. But uh, Fox Business, 2.05 Eastern, coming up here in just a few minutes, and then 8.10, I think, or 8.15, around there, Eastern tonight. So we've got a lot going on, and uh, please tune in if you can. And join me tonight on radio. And Team Buck, I want to hear from some of you. Give me a call tonight on radio. Until then, my friends, as always, no matter what happens, no matter what comes your way, you know the order. Shields hot. The Buck Sexton Show. Only on the Blaze Radio Network.